Alright, welcome to another episode of STC Fit Learning. Uh, special guest today, Mr. Muscle Nerds, Luke Lehman. Hello. Uh, thank lucky enough to be invited up to your motel room, hence the change of scenery. We don't have Big Ragnar in the background and Luke's gone and done his hair and looks pretty and we're all sorted. So thanks for having us firstly. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Down from up north. Feels like everyone that we have on yeah. the show is from Brisbane. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Much Love it. Great place. Yeah. Glad to move there, yeah. Yeah. I so couldn't live in Melbourne. I'd get fat. Food here's too good. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a constant shit. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the depths of winter when it's like... Yeah. 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 You don't need to go outside so you can just get fat and yeah. put a jacket on. You gotta get warm. Yeah. 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 Those are burgers and shit. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> the 10,000 steps seem a lot harder to get in winter <laughs> as well. Yeah. Especially consuming 15,000 calories. Yes. Yes. Also not helpful. So I guess start at the beginning. Uh, maybe we should tell people who don't know who you are. Um, maybe like briefly how you got into the industry, where you started, um, who Muscle Nerds are, what they do. Okay. All right. So uh, I got in the. Fuck, I started in the industry. I guess we go way back. I was about eight years old. So I was eight years old. I was in Texas. You know, it's normal for us to start training for high school football at a young age. And really what got me into it is seeing Arnold Schwarzenegger on, uh, on Conan the Barbarian. I think it was Conan the Destroyer at the time. It was, uh, you know, early 80s. Yeah. Uh, so I saw that and probably a movie my parents should not have let me watch at that age. <laughs> but they did. I'm happy. And look so, how it turned out. It was a great Yeah, look how it turned good out. Good job, Mom and Dad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Uh, you, see, you see, as a young kid, you see Arnold, you say, man, that's what a man should look like. Yeah. Right. Which is shit for me because my father was, you know, five foot six and a fucking sixty-five kilos soaking wet. So, Sorry, my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, my mom is really tall, and her yeah. side of the family is all Austrians. They're all big. So my mom's even smaller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so they thought it would be funny to buy me some uh, weights, and I started lifting them, you know, push-ups and the sit-ups and the barbell curls and all that stuff, and, yeah, I just never stopped. Yeah. Yeah, so um, started studying Charles Poliquin and uh, Paul Check and Charles Stanley and all these guys in the 90s and just kept going on and then ended up in the kind of Poliquin empire as a student and then later as an instructor nice. and then uh, left them and started Muscle Nerds. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, were you um, doing like the one-on-one PT and that kind of stuff during that, or was it more just education-based? Yeah, I mean, I started the one-on-one PT stuff right around when I was eighteen, so yeah. back in what, 19, 1996 or so. Yeah, just kind of part-time on and off. I got into fitness sales, so I was selling treadmills and home gyms, and I was outfitting facilities and stuff like that, yeah. and also training people at the, at the same time. And I, I fortunately for me, I had a job where. I was selling fitness equipment and I was at the place for nine hours a day and I probably saw one or two customers. And that was the kind of the nature, it was a destination place. You see one or two customers, you sell $5,000 worth of equipment and you're pretty set for the day. Yeah. So yeah. you have another eight, nine hours of the day where you, yeah, you're doing nothing. So yeah. you, you train yeah. right? once, two, three times a day and you study. So that's all I did. I just yeah. studied for probably a decade, just research, research, research. Then finally went to see Charles and go to his seminars, um, Augustu Clinic seminars, and just all over the place. And then I was buying everything I could. So I spent my 20s, the majority of my 20s, dead broke because all I did was spend money on my education. Mm-hmm. You know? Good way to be. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure you don't regret it now. 
Now I don't. And then I did, and you know, it's sometimes my mother was like, "God, how are you so broke? You're making, you're making, <laughs> you're actually making, you know, above average money for a guy your age. How are you yeah. broke? I'm like, I'm spending on my education. Well, that's stupid. That's stupid. You should save it. You should do this. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to save it. You can't save shit. Infl- inflation's going to kill you. I'm going to invest in my future, and that's what I did. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. savings versus investing. Yeah, so, like spending versus investing. I guess. Yeah, awesome. So, something that I wanted to touch on. So, obviously, the Muscle Nerds brand now is based around pretty much coaching PTs. Yes, mostly. I yeah, was, I yeah. I mean, we coach out. we coach anybody, but we've just kind of fallen into that niche yeah. of specializing in training trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, I was hoping to maybe touch on, and then we'll see. I feel like the conversation will explode from there. Okay. It's like if you had a checklist of um, so obviously, from Cert Four, particularly here, they the guys get enough maybe to, to get in the door. Mm. But obviously, in the way we describe it when we teach a Cert Four to the guys, it's like that's your like key to the job site. Yeah, you get on and you learn everything once you're on there. Yeah. So during that maybe first twelve months, what is like the the checklist of things that you'd be saying? This is what you need to learn, even if it's longer than twelve months. Um, the, that mm-hmm. a PT yeah. and a house club yeah, or whatever. Major holes That's are. a good question. Major major good question. Here's the thing. <clears throat> okay, the Cert 3-4, it's hard for me to say this without being like, yeah. Good on Australia because you have to actually take a pretty comprehensive course. Yeah. Right? In America, you can take a, you can do a week-long course or a weekend seminar and be training people. Like, yeah. yeah. It, easy. It's it's so yeah. easy. It's a, that's the thing with our industry. It's low barrier to entry. Yeah. Pretty much anybody can do it. Like my mom could probably within a week become a personal trainer. She's yeah. never trained in her life. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and that's a big problem. So, you know, you look at the Cert three four when you because we thought about teaching that too, mm-hmm. but in order to teach the stuff we want to teach through them. The insurance is so ridiculously and godly expensive. Yeah. Because to get the right insurance to be able to carry the three four, you have to teach the most basic shit ever. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine because basics rule. We teach a lot of basics, but the problem is they don't teach enough of the physiology and the why things or yeah. the way they are. Yeah. And every place is a little bit different. Yeah. So from my my perspective. You get your cert three four. It gives you the key to the door, but it really gives you the key to like really start fucking people up because you have no fucking idea what you're doing. Yeah, I can pass on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's basically giving you a license to just go. I'm gonna fuck all these people up. Yeah, trying yeah. to get them to their goals. Yeah, right. And you think about this, like, who are the people that are getting this? They they come out of high school. Maybe college isn't their thing. Um, so they're not going to go get an exercise phys degree or anything like that. Oh, I'll just become a trainer and I'll make all this money. And they don't realize how much work it is to become a really good trainer. Yeah. Yeah. You're still trying to build a business. Yeah. And they just go out and they just they follow people randomly. They don't question anyone. They just take things at value. Now that you have social media, it's like, wow, that looks cool. That's a really cool fucking exercise. Yeah, let's load up a Jefferson curl with a lot of weight and do it for a three rep max. Yeah. They, they don't know any different, yeah. right? So they're yeah. very naive and it's easy to influence them. The first thing is question everything. Yeah. Don't take anything for granted. Number two, learn to read research. And if you can't read research or you don't like to, 
then start reading research reviews mm-hmm. and get yourself a fucking mentor that knows the science. Yeah. Because yeah. you need two things. And I, I actually posted this on Instagram today. You need three things to be really successful and get really elite. A, you need to know research. Right? You need to be able to read the research. And if you don't know or don't or can't, find someone who does and have the mentor you. Number two, you need time under the bar. Yeah. You need yeah. a lot of time, a lot of reps with yourself yeah. and also watching other clients. Yeah. Number three, you need a fucking brain. Yeah. And you need to be able to think critically yeah. about those two things. So you need peer-reviewed research and you need empirical observation. Yeah. And then you gotta, you have to meld them together, and you have to say, okay, um, my opinion is this, but I looked in the research, and the research says I'm full of shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. Be willing to be wrong yeah. all the time. New hypothesis. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. You, it's okay to have a confirmation bias, but when science says that that confirmation bias is bullshit, you have to be willing to be flexible. So that's my next thing: be flexible. Yeah. Don't be dogmatic, and be willing to accept new ideas and change your old ideas because a good scientist will have his own beliefs but he has to be willing to seek out beliefs that tell him he's wrong and when you find that you when you look for it you say I, don't, I cannot find enough data to say I'm wrong then that is pretty much set in stone okay I believe that and that's probably the way it is yeah. until science proves me wrong yeah. courses take courses take courses take courses stay with one system and stay with a system that matters yeah. It has to make sense. Yeah. You have to have a curriculum. So if you if you watch, there's a lot of educators that because they don't know how to science, they bounce around from different fancy techniques. Hey, look at this and look at this. And I think it goes like this and this is how it works. You'll see a theme where every three or four months they're teaching something different. Yeah. They never teach the same thing because they don't understand what they're talking about. Yeah. And when you don't know how to science, you need new gimmicky things to put on Instagram to make people come learn from you. Yeah, yeah. You yes. know, it's actually yeah. something that we have on the podcast. It's like, kind of we, we have these people it's coming, and it's like, cool, so we just got to have that energy balance chat again, and like volume yeah. chat again. It's like, well, that's, that's the foundations. That's, yeah. That's the main shit. And so we do need to talk about that more often. Well, cool. I'll tell you what. If you guys, you guys have talked about calories in, calories out. At the end of the day, that's, that's, that's the whammy. That's, it is what it is. Yeah. But there are mitigating factors that go into calories in and also calories out. Yeah. So it's not as simple as A minus B equals C. Yeah. Right? So we can talk about that to give you, some, you guys something new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for that, for sure. yeah. But you need to be able to, you, your platform has to stay with the basic foundational stuff that you always talk about. Yeah, yeah. yeah calories in versus calories out. You know, yeah. volume, intensity. You, it needs to be you know, the, yeah. same, the same story. But then adding layers on top of it. Yeah, so you, yeah, I think the saying is like calories in, calories out is simple, but calorie managing calories in and calories out is yeah, complicated. complicated. Yeah. It's like there's levels and levels and levels of that, like you said, a system that you're kind of following, yeah. but then you need to find the nuances. 100% because that's cool. Like I can calculate this stuff out, but your client has to be able to follow it. Yeah. What if like this weekend we did when it's not about food, what if your client has some type of baggage or trauma and every time they get triggered, they start binging. Well, now you fucked up your calories in. Yeah. yeah. What if your mitochondria is fucked up? Yeah. yeah. Now you screwed up calories in and calories out. Yeah. Okay, so let me, let me, I'll break this down to you because this is, this is some pretty cool shit. You look at calories in, right? You chew up some protein, you swallow it. Where does it go? Into your gut, into your gut, into, <laughs> into your stomach. Into your stomach, so, and if yeah. you have 
a decent uh, gut health, a level of gut health that should go into your bloodstream. Let's just make it more, let's make it really simple for now, right? Yeah. It goes in your stomach, it yeah. gets broken down in little bitty pieces, yeah. right? Certain things get separated from others. Yeah. It goes in your small intestine, it gets absorbed. Yeah. 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 Is that the last stage of assimilation? Obviously not. Is <laughs> this like, a trick question? <laughs> okay, so obviously not, right? Yeah. So things have to be processed, yeah. working on other things, put in the cells, right? Yeah. Once it's in the cell, is it the last spot of, di- of uh, assimilation? You get a 50 50 chance. I'm not saying that. Well, it's got to do, no, yeah. Okay. It's got to do something. Yeah, and it may be used again later. It still needs to go in the mitochondria. Yes. Yeah. So you still have to get. You have to get glucose, yeah. has to go into the cell, turn into the pyruvate, yeah. gets turned into acetyl-CoA yeah, yeah. to go into the mitochondria. Yeah. Is that the last stage of assimilation? Uh, oh, pissing me now. 50-50 uh, chance. It's going to be actually so, the No, 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 because then, it was, then it does, it's going to get created into ATP. Okay. Well, that doesn't get created. It drives, it drives ATP. Sorry. So yeah. it has to get into the inner mitochondrial matrix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that so, the last stage of assimilation? In a mitochondrial matrix, I'm going to say no, but I'm not, I don't know this. I, I, I can't remember this phase. And I'll, look, at the end of the day, it's all semantics, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. you know what? Protons go through ATP synthase and they make ATP, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you could, just, I mean, you could just keep going, you know, like yeah. further and further, further down the loop. Yeah. But we're basically at the end of it. But what people need to understand is just because you eat things doesn't make mean it's actually going to be turned into energy. Yeah. It still has to. It has all these places it has to go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I completely forgot why we were talking about that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm so that was in. Okay, there we go. So that's a calories in. It has to be assimilated, right? Yeah. 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 So what determines your calories out? With the stuff we're talking about, so what do you? Where do you create energy? In the mitochondria. Correct. <laughs> right. So calories in and calories out has to do with the mitochondria too. Yeah. Right. So there's a yeah. lot of different factors you got to yeah. think about. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially at, at the elite level when things that are supposed to work correctly aren't working anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to be able to dissect that. Yeah. Now consider this. We talk about insulin resistance, right? Yeah. Why does a cell get resistant to insulin? Oh, it, could there be more than one reason though? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But like, ultimately, so, what's the cell doing? Like it deems that it's more necessary to leave the substrate in the bloodstream and take it out. Okay. So, it is it fair to say it's protecting you? Yeah, of course it is. Okay. Yeah. So if we understand that, now we say, okay, now that changes a lot of protocols and, and things that we might have done years ago. Like when I taught BioSig, if you saw fasting, high fasting blood sugar or high postprandial blood sugar, be like, oh, well, we, we need to get that glucose in the in cell. cell. Yeah. So we need to take glucose disposal agents. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we're going to force sugar into the cell and the cell what? Doesn't fucking want it. Yeah, yeah. Now, why? Well, it's obviously stressed for some reason. Yeah. Okay, so, okay, so we increase stress. Yeah. Stress, we look at uh, autonomic tone, sympathetic system goes up. Yeah. Okay. That increases the body's desire to make energy. Yeah. yeah. Where's the fastest form of energy that we have? Right, the Aaron's over there. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> so, so sugar, right? Sugar makes energy really fast. Yeah. Yeah. The higher your stress levels go, and the longer it's happening, the more your body's desire to throw sugar into the cell yeah. to make fast energy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now we can only store a finite amount of ATP. Mm-hmm. 
So if you're stressed out, shoveling all this glucose in, and the, the mitochondria is getting overwhelmed, okay, something has to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if we think about this, as you're making energy, you're also making something else. You're making free radicals. Yeah. And if you can't recycle those, so we have oxidation, if you can't reduce those oxidants, now we've got some metabolic mishap going on. So what's the easiest way for your body to stop that? That goes later. Oh, okay. It wants to stop some of these processes. It wants to shut would down energy production. Would it, would it slow things down then? It would. It's going to dampen some things down. Yeah. You're still stressed, right? Yeah. And survival is the ultimate thing you need. Yeah. So you still need energy. So these processes are still going on. So you're not going to be able to stop that. But yeah. you can limit the glucose load. So you shut down the mitochondria. Right. Mitochondria shuts down. Glucose is still getting into the cell, right? Okay. Now, if pyruvate can't get into the mitochondria, it has to be turned into something else. So what's it going to be turned into? You're almost there. Oh, it gets kicked out as lactate. Lactate and then... And then that's recycled back yeah. into glucose. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. Which we can, we can measure this with... Uh, if you have a lactate scalp, which I have one, yeah. you can measure fasting lactate. And if it's really high then you know that their biochemistry is fucked up, they've lost metabolic flexibility, well, that's getting kicked back out. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I was gonna ask the question of, if you have the, like, the sense that maybe you've got someone who's got poor metabolic or mitochondrial health, mm -hmm. is that, like, lactate test, like, something that gives you a little hint about that? Or? Absolutely, because it, it, you're watching where's the stuff going. Now, you can run things, we have things like called organic acids testing. We can yeah. look at things like that. It's a urinary test. Um, you can look at things like, you know, what's, uh, you, it's basically uh, measuring the metabolites of your metabolism. Yeah. Right? So, what are you peeing out? Yeah. So, you'll see things, it's very often I see things where their pyruvate's very low. Yep. And their lactate is really high. Okay. And when that ratio is off, that means that pyruvate's not entering and they're having to process a lot of lactate. Yep. Yep. So they're highly anaerobic and they have really poor aerobic fitness. Yep. So that changes exercise prescription. Yep. So we do some aerobic work and we limit the neural work. So a lot of heavy loading and a lot of the lactate work and we drive them down to a different adaptation and we can fix that. Is that because the aerobic work's more likely to drive like the like mitochondrial biogenesis yeah. of this? Yeah. Well, that's one thing. It's the metophagy and yeah. also mitochondrial biogenesis, right? Yeah. Because you need both. Yeah. You can't just stimulate mitochondrial biogenesis when you need to remove old defunct okay. mitochondria. Not working so well. If the so is that when you maybe do something like fasting or something? Is that where the autophagy starts going? I don't, don't think need we need to, to go that extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fasting is cool. I like fasting, yeah. but it's not for everybody, right? Yeah, yeah I agree. Totally. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I can I can go I can go seven days without eating anything as long as I have fluids. I'm fine. I just yeah. work and I'm cool. I find other shit to do. I masturbate. I can play. I play Fortnite. Yeah, you know, nice. I go on long walks on the beach with my dog or yeah, whatever. Yeah. My wife, however, if she misses one meal, I she gets hangry. Yeah, yeah. Like, hangry. I have to suffer. The dog suffers. Everybody <laughs> suffers. So she gets up. She can't skip meals. She does not fast. Yeah. But she's a prototypical ectomorph. She needs food. She can't regulate her blood sugar like I can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'm more mesomorphic. I can. I've got plenty of capacity to do that. Right. 
paired with aerobic activity. Aerobic activity, not hit training. Yeah. Yeah. Not fucking hit training on the fucking airdyne or the skier. It's resistance training yeah. and aerobics. And both of those have complementary but quite different adaptations. And if you yeah. know those adaptations, you can pair them together really nicely. Yeah, yeah. So, is it with, so sim, trying to simplify aerobic prescription is it sim, is it as simple as working in heart rate ranges for people and then like you know just giving them X amount of time or um, like are there specific? Yeah, it, it can be. Yeah, it can be. So if you look at right, so again, we look at strength qualities, right? So over here we have one rep max. Yeah. Yeah. Over here we have sets of 20, right? This is neural, this is metabolic. And then we have things in the middle. Maximal strength, functional hypertrophy, hypertrophy, strength endurance, muscular endurance, and whatever. When you look at the conditioning spectrum, it's the same thing. So if I have a lactic work, lactic work, aerobic work. Cool, that's very simplified yeah, yeah, continuum yeah. Of, con yeah. of energy systems. Yeah. Okay. Volume and intensity have what type of relationship? Inverse. So when things get more intense, the volume has to go down, right? When it's not as intense, the volume has to go up yep. to manage total load. Yep. Conditioning is the same thing. Yep. If I'm doing steady state aerobic conditioning, right, that's going to be under 70, 70 VO2 max. Yep. I'm going to need a lot of it, right? Yep. That's the one thing people don't want to hear. They don't want to hear that they have to get on a fucking treadmill every day. Put it at 15% incline and walk at five kilometers an hour. I don't mind it yeah. because yeah. I'm watching lectures anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm watching lectures and I'm turning on like two or three times normal speed and they're going, ah, they look really fucking frustrated <laughs> and they look all fucking like, they look all hectic trying to teach like glycolysis and all this stuff. And it's just yeah. so fucking funny because the, I know all the guys that are on the videos and it's just so funny watching them do that because when you hear them at normal speed, they're really fucking slow <laughs> and drawn so out. Everyone talks yeah. in slow motion. Yeah. yeah. So all of my lectures, people have to put it on half speed, right? Because I talk so fast. But, you know, that's the thing. You, you've got to do a lot of it because the intensity is so low. And yeah. you're looking for global conditioning, cardiovascular respiratory conditioning. Yeah. Now, that's not for everybody because people are time poor. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we... Now that we have that set up and say, this is what has to happen, how do I modify that to save someone time? Cool. Work up the spectrum. What about aerobic style intervals? Yeah. I run really hard for four minutes, yeah. and I take four minutes off. So, yeah. Yeah. Boom. I do three or four of those. I've got 30-something minutes. Great. Yeah. Uh, what about Tabatas? It's amazing to me that our industry is like a game of Chinese whispers, right? That's what you guys call it. We call it telephone. Yeah. You get like 20 people in a line and you whisper something. By the time it gets to the end, it's like... Purple monkey dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dickwasher? Purple, purple monkey, monkey dishwasher. 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 <laughs> yeah. pur purple uh, monkey, I, like wa washing a dick. He heard what I wanted to do. Yeah. 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 He heard what he wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah, you can find me dinner later. <laughs> yeah, we got a nice place. Yeah, yeah, find yeah. me dinner. Right? Um, so, where were we? Okay, so... So it's amazing to me that like these these trainers they list they they get advice from um, you know their mothers brothers monkey dishwasher used to date Mr Universe fucking Darwin 
and uh, from 1976, and he says you got to do this, and this is what Tabatas are, and they never actually look up the fucking data. Yeah. They just, yeah. they just, they pay for a seminar, and they believe anything you yeah. say. Yeah. Like I can literally say anything I want, and they'll fucking believe it. Yeah. So I open up the first lecture with question everything, even the shit that I'm telling you. Uh-huh. You don't. If you mm. think I'm bullshitting you, challenge me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. So you look at something like Tabatas. Okay, aerobic or anaerobic protocol? It depends on the intervals. It doesn't fucking depend on the, the intervals are 20 on, 10 off. off. Uh, yeah. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, 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 okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You hit it hard, it's a four minute protocol. Yeah, okay. It's still fucking aerobic. It's fucking aerobic. Yeah. But here's the thing. It does help with anaerobic fitness as well. Yeah. Up, yes. up to like 25 to 28%. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a 25%. Like that's the rest of it's fucking aerobic. So that's a great protocol to give somebody. Yeah. So look, like somebody is time poor, yeah. but we need the aerobic work. Cool. Give them a Tabata. Give them two to three Tabatas and do that for the hour. Yeah. Right? If they can't do the the Tabata in research is hard. Like they're fucking balls out, right? Okay, cool. You don't have to do it as hard. Yeah. Because if we're gonna do a modified Tabata, you just do it as hard as you can. Yeah. And it's still going to be aerobic because now you're doing it sub-maximal for the four minutes. Now it's less anaerobic and more aerobic, but as you get better... So you still wouldn't increase time if they have... They no, the, the, the protocol's protocol. It's four minutes. Yep. Okay. 20 on, 10 off. Eight times, four minutes. The thing is, you can increase the intensity. So let's say somebody, anybody, almost anybody can push the prowler. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay, how do, we, how do we increase intensity? Add more weight or move a little faster. As they get better at it, and you're you're looking at like heart rate recovery. If you're wearing a heart rate strap, or you're just gauging RPE, right? Yeah. They do it for four minutes, and they're fucking puking and dry heaving for eight. Yeah. Cool. Three weeks later, they're only doing it for seven minutes. Is that progress? Seven minute re- heart rate recovery versus eight. Yeah. Of course, it's better. Yeah. You keep working them down. When they can do four minutes on, four minutes off. Start loading weight. Yeah. And you can do this. You can wash, rinse, and repeat this for a fucking year. Yeah. So you got a guy who's like a fucking ready for the CrossFit games and he used to be 200 kilos. Yeah. Right? But you're able to go harder. You don't need as much. Yeah. But you're getting the same adaptations. So if we go the other way, something that's really popular at the moment is just tracking steps. So we're going all the way the other way. It's out. It's done. Right. It's done. Oh, it took us half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever get me started on this. Periodizing your fucking walking. Yeah, yeah. Christ Sorry. Almighty, give me a fucking break. Then, <laughs> <laughs> okay, my client's time poor. Go walk twenty five thousand steps yes, a day, and meal prep, and train for an hour, and do your conditioning, and try to save like five minutes for your kids, and another five minutes for your husband. Yes, give me a fucking break. You know. Yeah. You guys get me all fucking rough. I'm gonna fucking turn this table over. Right? Good effort. So that's it. That's really good. Goodbye deposit. <laughs> so next time we're doing this, your fucking house. <laughs> so it'll just be like phone <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Just go throw Luke's fucking, coming over. Go, go throw air through one of his windows. Yeah. <laughs> he's okay. he's so fucking strong. He'll probably land in a squat, break the concrete, and just walk away. <laughs> so see her landing. So look, yeah, okay. So the neat the neat argument. So well, yeah, so we're working on the other end of the spectrum now. It's just talking about like managing neat. Which you're prescribing, which technically makes it not, makes neat. It not neat. Hold on. Neat's very important. 
Yeah, neat's important, but if yes. we're prescribing steps, then it's not neat. It depends. Okay. It depends. Everything is it depends, right? It could not be neat. So, so let's think about this. Um, you work downtown, the majority of people sit at a desk all fucking day. Yeah. Then they walk into your, your, your facility and they train, right? Yeah. Cool, I get that. They're not really getting a lot of They might get 2,500 steps a day. Yeah. The purpose of NEAT is to make sure it doesn't drop. Yeah. It's not to keep adding more fucking NEAT. If you've got time to add more NEAT, you've got time for another couple of sprints a day. Yeah, yeah. Or you've got time to journal for 10 minutes. Or you have time for some fucking sun salutation and do some yoga. You've got time to do a lot of other shit than fuck, fucking walking for fucking... 240 minutes a day trying to get your 24,000 steps. Yeah. Right? The you, the research that we have right now, the largest research on these says that the minimum effective dose is 7,116 steps. Mm-hmm. You round that up to 8, 8,000 times 7 is 56,000. I failed college algebra three times. I think that's right. I don't know. Yeah. That's right? <laughs> You're the Asian engineer, don't you? Know that? <laughs> This fucking cracker. <laughs> so that's the thing. Like you know, fifty-six thousand steps a day. So if you look at you know every thousand steps is about ten minutes. Yeah, I got that from Dean McKillop. Thanks, Dean. Um, you know that's a lot of time, right? Now I'm gonna tell somebody to double that. Okay, so you're gonna tell somebody to walk twenty thousand steps a day. It's two hundred fucking minutes. Yeah. Get yeah. the fuck out of here, yeah, right? Yeah. Because if you got that time to, to walk, you got that time to go. Take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, or you got time to go do some hobby shit, or run on a trip, something with a higher return on investment that makes you actually happy. Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, if you get somebody 8,000 steps, their issue isn't that they're not doing 12,000 more. So that's just a ridiculous, and then now you got motherfuckers talking about, let's periodize or fucking neat. You did 8,000 today, we're going to alter, alternate periodization, so the next phase, I want you to do 35,000 steps, then we'll bring it back down to 20. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, sorry, I'm very passionate I, about this. I've heard of it. Oh, that's a very, that's, a, that's something that is other, some other physique coaches here. I was talking to a chick the other day, she's walking in my lecture, and I go, what the fuck are you doing? It's where you work. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? She goes, my coach said I has to have 20,000 steps today. Why? So I can eat more. What? Okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you just train at lunch and eat more and fuck the steps. (laughs) And then I had to explain to them why. And she went, yeah, my protocol is really fucking stupid. I said, yeah, you should tell your coach to call me. Yeah. And let me tell him about this. You know, there's better shit for you to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So in terms of what we talked about in mitochondrial health and that kind of stuff, You've got someone who is limited for time. Uh, do you still see so something I try and push is like minimum ten thousand steps thing for like your office mm-hmm. workers that oh, kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm two thousand over. Did so you say okay two? Okay, oh, that's good. That's fine. That's fine. That's not, it's just <laughs> twenty extra minutes. That's fine. But where did ten thousand steps come from? Uh, that's a good question. In the early nineteen sixties, a Japanese guy made the pedometer, and to market it, they said. Hmm, how do we sell these? 10, well, we need to tell people to walk. And he goes, how far? And he goes, well, 10,000 steps seems pretty good. There's, that's, that's your magic, right? <laughs> so that's fine. You want to walk 10,000 steps, yeah, but yeah, yeah. does your client have time for it? Can they make yeah. time for it? It's hard for a lot of people to get 7,000 steps. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And that's it. So I've, even today, the client I was working with was like, sit to the desk all day. So the encouragement is, if you were just able to get up from your desk once an hour, 
and go for a walk. And the way that we measure that is by your sneak, your snazzy watch at the end of the day says you've done 10,000 steps. And the encouragement is along the lines of when you get home, instead of sitting on the couch, go play with your kids, that'll tick up your steps, yeah. that kind of stuff. Does that still, obviously all of that is still positive in terms of energy output, it's positive if he's actually getting out and doing stuff more, it's obviously yeah. getting better. Okay. Mentally and that kind of stuff, does it actually contribute to this mitochondrial health? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So again, everything is information. So the more you move, the more glucose transports you activate, so you're getting sugar in the right places. Then also on the other side, oxidizing fat in the right places. Movement is good, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that more walking isn't better, but it depends on if you have the time. Correct. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, yeah. if, I'm tra if I'm training, fucking Susie Muffin Top comes to me and she wants to do a fucking physique show, or, or, or she just wants to get ready to go sit on the beach and for the first time in 10 years, wear one piece. Yeah. And that's the reality of general pop. I don't want to fucking cover up in a sarong because I'm embarrassed of my body. Yeah. I mean, that's... You know, most guys are like, yeah, look at these bikini girls. Man, fucking Susie can't even, she's embarrassed to go to the beach. Yeah. So that's a valid thing, right? Yeah. And Susie's got kids. And I've got the choice of telling her, you know what, you're hitting 8,000 steps, I need you to do 12,000 more, or go play with your kids. Mm. Which one am I going to fucking pick? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. play with your fucking kids. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Keep your kids off the Nintendo, take them to the park and have fun. Yeah. Go swim, do something else. The walking is not important. I can manage it with food and, you know, exercise. Yeah. Do you think it's just easier, like, people are adopting that methodology just because it's easier to track? When you all you have is hammers, everything looks like nails. When you don't yeah, know how yeah. to fucking science, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've been using neat for forever. Yeah. It was never sexy. Now, to make it sexy, let's periodize it. Yeah, yeah that, that's absurd. Yeah. Now that you hear this, you're going... Oh, that is fucking dumb. Yeah, but it might, yeah, it's dumb. <laughs> yeah. And it might, like, I bet you it'll pop up now. Yeah, like, yeah, maybe your attention will draw to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some shit. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous, yeah. you know? And I'll tell you, and it just, like I said to me, I, I'll tell you both sides of the coin. If you have the time to walk a lot, yeah. cool, it could be magic, but you gotta have the time. Yeah, so to play devil's advocate there, for someone, obviously, probably not Susie, someone who's mm -hmm. a little more serious. The suggestions that we had earlier was like jujitsu or something like that. Yeah. Or, or to be fair, you did mention things like yoga and that kind of stuff. But is it easier to track and measure steps and not affect recovery? So you can. Yeah, if you're doing like intense training, like if you're doing intense weight training, that's all dependent on your food. You want to yeah. eat. You want to eat more food. Train hard. You can yeah. train a lot if yeah. you're feeding it. The problem is people aren't feeding it. You get girls that are doing shows and these dumbasses. These dumbass bodybuilders that shouldn't be fucking running diets anyways because they don't have the credentials, yeah. right? They're running these same old fucking diets. Uh, you can have 100 grams of fish four times a day. You gotta the skin, It makes you think it can only be like tilapia or cod. Can't have fatty fish. And you can have uh, 28 spinach leaves for breakfast. The reason which I is, believe this is because I, I, one of my, ex, my new clients they're trying to I'm not fucking lying to you, man. It's a, it's a we had this conversation yesterday about like when you hear shit and you go, oh, do people really still do that? Is that still a thing? That's a thing. I was, I did a consult with a girl, 28 spinach leaves. She had to count them out. She could have like six almonds. Right? Oh, cool. Right? Then for lunch, it's like three asparagus spears. 
because that fourth one is yeah, what's going to push you over the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those that? extra couple of grams of carbs and fibers, that's what's going to do it. Fuck your fucking contest up. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I've tried, like I said, I've seen it done at all. I've been around the, the industry my entire life. It's all, it's all I know, really. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so, so you mentioned... There, oh, sorry. Yeah. So, so yeah. is there a scenario where... So we talk a lot about like um, volume landmarks and trying to track recovery and that kind of stuff. So is there a point where you would go, all right, we've kind of tapped out your recovery capacity based on the nutrition that we need. If we train harder, you're not going to necessarily make any progress. It's more going to add stress to where you're at. Yep. We need calories at this level because we need you in a deficit. Now we'll actually go ahead and add those steps. But why add the steps when you can just add more aerobic training? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so then you go into it's just whatever tool you use, yeah. time frame, depending. Yeah. You gotta like just, just add just add submaximal aerobic training. Yeah. Because that it's submaximal, it's not going to affect your recovery. Yeah. It's going to increase parasympathetic tone, which means more recovery. Yeah. Right? It's good. You know? Yeah. When I whenever look, it's been a long time since I've competed, right? Yeah. Um, I hate competition. I, I hate fucking bodybuilding. I've learned to hate it because it's toxic as fuck. It is. I mean, I, I, you know, I've been like 40 yeah. minutes in just, I like, I like, just, uh, I like doing it. I just, yeah. I, just, I just happen to know what the fuck I'm doing with it. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, for me, I'm kind of, now that I'm older, my identity has kind of changed a little bit. It's not, it's not my thing. And, but so that's cool. I hired people. To coach those types of people, and I can act as the consultant to my trainer. So yeah, yeah. when Isaac Davidson has a competitor, I, I look over the program, let's do this, let's do that. What do you think about this? Okay, cool, I think that's a good idea. Awesome. Go put it in effect, and he does all the coaching. I don't have to deal with it anymore. You know, so I can do all the planning and the mentoring and all that. Yeah. He can deal with the fucking daddy issues. Yeah. He can deal with like when when some fucking physique dude is like deep into it and somebody opened a package of brownies and he could smell it. Oh God, I think I just smelled a hundred calories. And he's like calling you freaking out and you're like, oh my God, fuck, are you serious? <laughs> like, this is kind of the type of shit that I've dealt with in the past. Yeah. And I just give him all those problems because I'm too old to deal with it. I'm too old. Yeah. But that's the thing, like, yeah, like you can add submaximal work that's not going to impair your recovery and in fact it's probably going to increase your recovery yeah. which is fantastic yeah. when I was still when I was still doing bodybuilding I bought a treadmill and yeah I would stand in front of the front of the TV and I would watch TV and if I had a, if I could sit down I had time to fucking get on my treadmill and walk and I bought it specifically for my contest and then I went and got one of those uh, like a, uh, acrylic overlays for reading magazines or books and I put my laptop up there and I would work and I would just walk for hours but I would walk fast you know and my heart rate was yeah. kind of high but I had the time and I bought the treadmill to do it now most of your clients aren't going to fucking do that no, you know that. you could ask them but then they're going to go you fucking stupid <laughs> buy a fucking $4,000 treadmill <laughs> in yeah. 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 you should do all your work on it you should get a treadmill desk Fucking you know, Joe Dingleberry's gonna go fuck you. I know someone plays PlayStation on their treadmill yeah. while I walk. I'm like, yeah, fucking talented that they used to do. Like, yeah. like don't you I, do it on your bike. No, I used to. Yeah, I sit on a. I used to sit on it. Mike, when I competed, um, I sat on a stationary bike just playing fucking Street Fighter. You should try that on a mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about stress response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, shit! Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm really good at it. To be honest, but yeah. Anyway, it's just a stupid shit. Well, yeah, but you know, you do it, but you you have an extrinsic motivator 
that's driving you to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And we, you guys want to talk about Jim Pop? They don't. Yeah. They don't. They can't be fucked. You have to. You have to find strategies that actually work, which is yeah. building habits and rituals over a really long time yeah. and playing the long game. Yeah. yeah. So, so hey, are you? Are you selling the benefits of like these interventions to the person? Like, are you being like, we're doing the cardiovascular work because of this, the strength training is this, or is it like, here's the plan, if you ask questions, I'll give you, like, how do you get the person to buy into it depends. The, so, so the intervention? I have to talk about on how I advise coaches. Yeah. Because our coaches know, they, they come to our, a lot of the, most of the coaches that we train, they've come to our courses, and yeah. they want to learn the system, mm-hmm. and you learn by doing. So we coach you, you learn who asks questions. Mm. What we tell them is if they've got a gym pop client, their gym pop client's like, hey, why am I doing this? Okay, here's the thing. You came to me, the first metrics was you had high blood pressure, you had stage two hypertension, your waking heart rate was 85, and your HRV was 48. Yeah. This is what these numbers mean. This is what we teach in our foundations programs. This is what this means. If you don't take care of this, you're gonna fucking die. Right? Yeah. It's, a re- it's a really it's good self point. That's pretty good. <laughs> That'll be 36 sessions. Yeah, Me, Visa or MasterCard. Yeah. Right? I'm slowly ripping out my credit card right yeah. now. <laughs> that's the thing. You've got this, yeah. this, and this. This is what's going to happen. So we need to, be, we need to take these metrics often. Yeah. You know, If you can do it daily, cool. If you can do it once a week, cool. We, just yeah. need, we need to track the trends over time. Right? right? Once you say that, there's a buy-in. Everything in life is sales. Yeah. So I'm going to offer you something. If I just tell you the cost or don't tell you anything at all, I'm not getting paid for it. I have to offer this to you, mm-hmm. then I have to sell you the benefits. Yeah. Why do you want to track this? Okay, now what are you going to do with that data? Well, this is how I'm going to write your program. This is why you're doing this and this and this. Do you understand? Yes, cool. Because trainers need to be educated in their clients. The whole goal is to teach you how to fucking exercise, how to do your lifestyle, how to eat correctly, and to make you self-sufficient at some point so you can fuck off. Yeah, right? that is nice. When you're ready to take training wheels off and go on your own yeah. and fly, baby, fly. Yeah. Now, you know, you got to have repeat business or fucking ba- basically keep your client with you all the time. Right? Repeat business is the wrong thing. That's, you want to have, you want to, you want to have retention. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means that when you get someone to their goal, they need to already have a new goal they're fighting yeah. for. Yeah. So if you, if you become that transformation specialist and somebody comes in and you go, I'm going to have you in the best shape of your life in fucking 12 weeks. And you put them in the best shape of their life in 12 weeks, and they're really happy about this. And then it's unsustainable. And they blow up in a year. And now they come back to you. And they're going to say, this time I'm really going to put you in the best shape of your life. But you still have no exit strategy. How about this year, we're going to, this year, not this 12 weeks, you're going to be in the best shape of your life. It's going to stick. You're going to be strong as fuck. You know, you're gonna fucking get all these women. You're gonna get riches and have a Ferrari. Yeah, don't promise them all that stuff. I mean, you're in. Okay, we'll give you Visa, Mastercard. Like, you know, you're you're telling them to play the long game, and that then you get a client that's with you for five or six years because you have their health and best interests at heart, and you're turning them into like a cyborg fucking Terminator badass, which takes a long time. So you work on strength goals and power goals and conditioning goals, and you know, yeah, get fucking dick skin, lean goals, and all that stuff. You know, you got a lot of stuff to play with. Don't need to worry about just the transformation and making them look yeah. skin yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the met, the metrics that um, we're working with, are they like? Do they take those metrics themselves? Do you guys take them for them? 
Yep, good question. Yeah, that's straight away. Because we even in the set three and four, it's like they go, oh, you know, you should have a blood pressure monitor and you should do that with your clients and I'm, and. I'm like, who owns a blood pressure monitor? No one puts their hand up but me. And I'm yeah. like, do you anyone, anyone know how to use it? What does it mean? No one's got yeah. an idea. Um, I did a seminar today at a, a very large class at a, a, a very large facility. How many of you guys take clients' blood pressure? Three people out of like fucking 40. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about why that's bad, right? Yeah. The blood pressure cuff is easy to use, right? Yeah. We're no longer where you have to have a stethoscope and all that. <laughs> You just put the fucking machine on, yeah, hit the button. button. <laughs> if you can't fucking do that, you're too stupid to be training people anyways. <laughs> All right? So if you come to my foundations course, I'm like, here's a blood pressure Let me show you how to use it. And you're like, yeah. I'm going to be like, here's a, refund. here's a refund and a manual to, you know, McDonald's. Go work at McDonald's. Fuck you now. But, you know, it, it depends. So trainers should have a blood pressure cup. They should have it in their office. Client comes in, sits down for seven or eight minutes. You take the blood pressure. Okay, Karen, this is not good. This is what it means. I highly suggest you get your own. This is the one I use. It's $70 at the chemist. Yeah. Go get one. If you don't want to get one, you can use this, but optimal results, I'd probably get that. Now, your clients are spending a lot of money to train. They have a lot of disposable yeah. income. If they understand that this is their health, they're more apt to buy it. Yeah. Right? So, you've got that. You know, that's the big thing because you can't make, you can't take blood pressure through the phone. Yeah. Now, with a smartphone, all your clients are going to have a smartphone. Yeah. Right? You're not going to have a fucking client paying you $100 an hour rocking up with a flip-out Nokia. <laughs> you know? It's still like fucking 2G. And they're like, oh, I can't, I can't get any fucking reception here, right? <laughs> and so, that's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if they've got, you know, Android, iPhone, whatever the fuck, you know, they can get, they can get an app. There's always an app for that. Uh, instant heart rate, Argus, A-R-G-U-S, you can do yeah. instant heart rate on that, yeah. and it goes through the camera. Yeah, don't put your thumb on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah put, your, put, your, put your index finger. Yeah. 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 Put it yeah. on there, within a couple of seconds you have your heart rate, it's fairly yeah. accurate, it's yeah. accurate enough to trend, to trend data. To trend it, yeah. yeah, and uh, so that's something they can do at home, no problem. Okay. Um, HRV, we like to use a heart rate strap that does heart rate and heart rate variability, the Polar H10. Yeah. We like to use Elite HRV. Everything that I've done at Muscle Nerds is standardized on that, Joel Jameson's work. Um, See the 8weeksout.com, yeah. Eight Eight yeah, the Morpheus guy. Yeah, I've got a Morpheus fan. I've never used one. Yeah, the only, the only thing that I'm uh, a little on the fence about yeah. is that, like, how do you feel is a question that teaches yeah. you. Ah, yeah. yeah. So part of the part of the questions that I said, it's like, how much sleep did you get? So you put it in, um, but then it says, like, how sore are you out of one to five? And it's like, does it fool me? Like, I feel really, is there a little bit of soreness? Like, there's just a couple of subjective Yeah parameters so it's i find it hard some days for me to answer yeah so i'm like well how big of a and that, role does it play that's so, the problem with subjective things yeah. especially yeah. when you have a one to five if it's one to ten okay now i can so kind of i'm kind of like a six seven yeah but if you go one to five it's like huh i'm kind of like a four or a three i can't but oh fuck, yeah. i'm kind of like a three and a half and then like, you start getting anxious yeah. about it right so it gives you this score and the score to depend on the five yeah answers which is the sleep um, your beats per minute over two and a half, mm. um, so your BPM over two and a half, and then yeah, just like the you know, how sore are you, how do you feel, yeah. um, and then it gives you HRV, um, yeah, and a recovery yeah. score. You know the thing is, I, I bought one of those with a pre-sale. Yeah, I got it. I, I never, I didn't have time to figure out how to use it. Yeah, I never use the thing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. 
So the, uh, the training thing's not too bad. The HRV through the phone, I had an app for that for a while. I found that my low recovery score days I was hitting PBs in the gym, so I just stopped using it. Yeah. So I was like, you have to know how you have to know how to use it too. Yeah, like yeah. with Elite HRV, uh, here's the thing: when people come to the courses, mm. um, it doesn't matter how many times you tell them something, they're gonna fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like on Elite HRV, they have the little dial with like the parasympathetic, sympathetic, and then tell you, you shouldn't train to do your two parasympathetic. We don't use that. Okay. And they always come in, oh, I've got a nine. What does this mean? Motherfucker, I told you 10 fucking times we don't use that. Stop. It's the fucking 50 to 100. What do you not understand about this? Yeah. Right? And they'll come to the thing three times. I'm like, okay, we need to get your parasympathetic system set before you come to class. Because you're not fucking remembering anything, <laughs> right? So, but you you gotta you have so to you have to know what the numbers. Do so you use the the strap though? Yep, I um, use a strap on. Do you? Yeah, you do. Do you find? <laughs> do you find the so you can do HIV through the camera as well? Yes, and the thing is, are yeah. they accurate? Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're fairly accurate within a, a couple of beats. You know, I've never had a problem with them when I when I've measured. Because I had a, a burner phone, not like I'm a drug dealer or anything. I had one that was an old iPhone and a new one. And yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm going to use a finger on one. And I'm going to use a strap on the other. I was like, oh, they're only like one or two beats off. So that's pretty fucking accurate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we got a few data points for that. And I'm like, all right, so that's a good standard. Uh, HRV for training makes one that you can use the hardy strap on or you can use the finger. The problem is I don't have a standard for the range. Yeah. Because Elite HRV is 50 to 100, yeah. and Elite uh, HRV for training is like 1 to 10. Yeah. So I'm still working on, I need enough people that's giving me data yeah, to yeah, kind yeah. of figure out where that goes. Yeah. Right, so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, blood pressure, HRV, resting, um, resting heart rate. Yep. Um, and and we like waking. We like everything waking. Like the morning routine is you wake up, yeah. you have your equipment next to your bed, you put the heart rate cuff on. You put the strap on, yeah. you sit up in bed, hit the button, yeah. three minutes open reading on Elite HRV, and now within three minutes you have all three of those data points. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that, boom, done. So is it upon waking the best time of the day to get I, the metrics on those? I like it because hopefully you haven't had anything that stressed you out unless you yeah. need an alarm clock to wake up, which yeah. gives me all the information I need to know. Yeah. If you need an alarm clock to wake up, I don't need you to take these metrics. Yeah. There's a poor, like, so this might be getting a bit too, like, out there, but there's, like, a poor, like, sleep-wake cycles, cadence rhythm, alter any of that, like that cortisol awakening response and elevated blood pressure and all that, all that stuff that's supposed to happen. Like, is that got anything to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just asking, because I, I, I was curious. I, mean, I just like yeah. every statement you're doing this. Hey, it's like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Hopefully someone will tell me. Are you born Italian? Uh, Maltese. So yeah. Hey, forget about it. Hey, <laughs> untouchable thing. Yeah. Um, look, okay. So you're you're thinking downstream effect. Yeah. I'm thinking upstream effect. Yeah. Everything trickles down. Work on things as high as you can get them, right? Yeah. So at the top of the pyramid, what do we have? The brain. Okay. Yeah. When people talk about the majority of the industry talks about symptoms. Yeah. They're talking about effect. I'm talking cause, sure. right? So if you're not sleeping and you cannot control circadian rhythm, where does that start? Yeah. In your head. Yeah. 
I'm going to work on my circadian rhythm. Yeah, good fucking luck with that. Right? Why don't you work on what regulates your circadian rhythm? Yeah. Right? Like working on the brain and the eyes and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, making sure that the minute you wake up, try to get some sunlight in your eyes. Try to wake up at the same time every day. Have a really good morning routine and a really good bedtime routine. Okay? Get the fuck off your goddamn electronics at night. Like, people are like, oh, I'm going to wear fucking blue blocker glasses. And you're going to wear these goddamn orange goggles. Like, and you're sitting in your fucking living room. You know what's really bad? Wearing those so you can work until 2 a.m. on your fucking laptop. You know? How about you be paleo? Everybody wants to be paleo. Turn the fucking lights down and put some candles on. And throw the fucking glasses in the trash can. Expensive. <laughs> and you know what? I'm, I'm going to give you a little, little tip. Most of those glasses are probably made out of the same shit. You could have bought at fucking Bunnings to fucking protect your eyes while you're drilling something. Yeah, yeah, they are very similar. Yeah, and you could have bought that for like 10 bucks. Yeah, I blame Bulletproof Coffee. But I mean, people, people, they focus on the dumbest shit instead of focusing on the big stuff that actually matters, right? You know, I'm gonna do this and that. You know what, i tell you what, with the fucking like, like bedtime skating rooms, just get off your goddamn computer yeah. and spend time with your family and how about you start reading a fucking book? Yeah. People don't read anymore. They don't read book like a real fucking book. You come in our house, we have books everywhere. We have a fucking library in our house and there are books piled everywhere. The dog walks around with a stack of books on her back. Like it's <laughs> that fucking bad. And so get a fucking book. Smell the pages. Have that satisfaction of turning a fucking page and hearing that. And read a fucking book. Turn the lights down. Demo. Get off the fucking electronics. Have a have an electronic sunset. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. And I'm the worst at it. I'm the biggest hypocrite. I all my shit most of my shit's on Kindle. Because I travel so much I have to yeah. take my library with me. When I'm home I try to use the books as much as I can. I didn't read any books on audio. Fuck man, none of you kids read anymore. It's like it, you go you're like, hey, I tell you what. That audio book you're listening to, here, here's the rule book, read it. You're like, a dog. That is what my writing looks like. Yeah. <laughs> that's alright. That's, right. that's okay. But, you know, nobody reads anymore. Yeah. And it's super important. I you know? say too quick, buddy. That's fine. That's part of the process, man. How do, you, man. how do I get my circadian rhythm back? Read a book. Read, I read, fall asleep too right. fast. <laughs> Glad you caught it. Yeah. But it's the thing, man. You know, get into get into good nighttime routine. Yeah. You know, get off the... And I hate it. I, I love fuck, my PlayStation, man. Fucking yeah, me too. Fortnite, fucking Spider-Man 2. And yeah. I've got... You know, you got so much shit to play. Fuck but, up. Yeah. And you, you get so busy and you're working so much. You're like, I'm going to play fucking video games at the end of my day. And then you get to the end of the day. And you're like, All you want to do is play Fallout. And you're like, fuck, sun's down. And in Brisbane, it goes down like at fucking 430. Yeah. So, so yeah, what? Yeah, before. Yeah. yeah, so then you're like, you know what? I'm not going to play the game. I'm going to go to bed, and I'll wake up at 4.30 in the morning, and I'll play for a couple hours <laughs> before breakfast. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you find routines like that, man. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's just about those, those habits. It's habits. And, and here's the thing. I don't, I don't like to use the word habits, you know, because precision nutrition is habits. Habits are easy to break. Right. Yeah. I like rituals. Rituals, yeah. And so what I teach in our courses is, you know, you, you brush your teeth this morning? Yeah. You brush your teeth. Why? Because make sure they're clean. Have you ever yeah. broken that? 
Maybe maybe on a fucking stag or something, and you're fucking, you did some molly last night, some blow up some hooker's ass crack, and you're fucking wasted, and you wake up, and your teeth have like fur on them, and you're like, I can't be fucked, I have a pounding headache, and I can't brush my teeth. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. But, um, I, a friend told me about that type of shit. But, you know, normally on a day-to-day basis, have you ever woken up and like done your shit and be like, Fuck, you're about to head in the train and like, I, I forgot to brush my teeth. It doesn't really happen, at least not often. Why? It's a ritual. Your mom held, got you in the headlock, shoved the fucking, fucking thing in your mouth, the toothbrush starts scrubbing your teeth, and eventually you did it yourself, and now you have to go get counseling for that. But, <laughs> at least your teeth are clean, we'll and you're crazy, place. right? Child trauma. Child, Child trauma, <laughs> What happened? My mom made me brush my teeth. <laughs> but you don't ever have to think about that stuff. It's, just, it's automatic. So that's what you have to look at. Like, I need to make things automatic, not habits. I need to make some habits, but I have to parlay those in to rituals. Because rituals, you don't break. Habits are easily broken. And if you look at a lot of research on habits, you can't really, you can't really break a habit. You can only change one, switch one habit for another. Yeah. Like for me, I had a lot of bad habits going on. Um, I got I got back from overseas, and I told Zoe I'm going to start taking jujitsu. She goes, "Okay, cool." And then she says, "Why jujitsu?" And I'm like, "Because I need something to focus on that makes me want to to get back in shape, eat right, go to sleep early. Because the last thing I want to do is when I go to my first competition is get fucking choked out by some fucking fifty kilo chick." <laughs> Right? You know, you, you go in and I'm like, I've got a weight category. If I go in the open, I might fucking I might fucking wrestle with somebody that's fucking sixty kilos and he's gonna fucking strangle me. <laughs> and I'm gonna compete at like the low nineties. I don't wanna get fucking strangled by somebody that weighs fucking seventy pounds less than me. So I have a motivating factor big enough for me to stick to my shit and make better choices. Yeah. Yeah. So the coming full circle back to the the things that as personal trainers, we should be looking at, so those metrics. Oh yeah, we were supposed to talk about that. That's all right. That's all right. That was yeah. fun. I enjoyed yeah. that trip. Right. You don't have to console me. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, Luke. That's okay. <laughs> I don't want to give a fuck. <laughs> so, waking heart rate, waking run, yeah. blood pressure, HRV. Where are we looking at after that? Well, look, those are those That's are best measurable. Those are objective measurements. You can, you can attach a number and then you can track it. So anything you can put in a spreadsheet that you can, you can put on a, like a, you can plot with data, right? That would be objective data. But now we've got subjective data and this is what you were talking about with a, okay, well, we got a one to five. So we look at like, do you have stairs that will go into your facility? Yeah. Okay. So, have you ever been really stressed out, not getting a lot of sleep, and you climb those flight of stairs like, fuck, my quads are burning? Yeah. Just walking up a flight of stairs. You're not carrying anything. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that common? Oh, it doesn't happen very often. But it, it's common with your clients. Oh, yeah, yeah, just that. And it happens occasionally with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that normal? I guess it should be. It shouldn't be. If you look at energy systems, yeah. energy systems are based on time, but also intensity, yeah. right? So... If I equate that to weightlifting, and I have somebody doing, say, German body comp, right? And I say, you're gonna do a 12 rep max. So I put 100 kilos on this guy's back, and he's gonna do 12 reps, and by rep three, he's like, fuck, my legs are burning. That happens all the time. That's not normal. That should start burning at like, you know, eight or nine, 10 seconds. You should be able to get all 12. 
That shouldn't happen at three or four. Yeah. Okay, and what that's telling me is this guy's fucking stresses through the roof and he's misappropriating his energy. So that's a good subjective measure. You can also look at recovery. If this guy is doing a squat workout on Monday, you know, five sets of 10. That's pretty easy to recover from. Sure. Not always. <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, but, <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you have somebody do five sets of ten. For most people, that is not an excess. That, that's you know minimum effective dose. Yeah, yeah. And by Friday, the guy's still fucking limping around. Like he's yeah. you know he tried to get out of bed yesterday, fell down, fucking cracked his head on something because he couldn't fucking walk. That is not normal, yeah. right? So what's the deal? He's not. He's catabolic. He's not repairing. Yeah. Now we have to go back and figure out why that is. But that's a good key indicator that something's happening. What about um, when you get stressed out, what happens to your pupils? They dilate. They dilate. Okay. You walk outside, fuck, you're like a vampire. You know, you can't handle the sunlight, you gotta wear shades, right? Yeah. Your client walks in, you notice they're squinting. Everything's an assessment. When I, if I see my client walking down the street, you know, and I say, hey, what's up? I'm watching him to see what happens. I'm gonna watch him walk off, I'm gonna see if there's any issues. If he's fucking squinting and has to have you know, sunglasses on to look outside, okay, what can I infer? What's going on with the sympathetic system? Yeah. Yeah. Something's jacked up. Yeah. Okay, that's an assessment. We can use that as a metric. You know, everything's a metric. So um, is, are there ways of like, are there easy ways to drive that back down? Like would you just be like, um, bring training volume intensity down, you know, really fucking forward? It's load. Yeah, deload. Um, <laughs> No. Active, uh, active okay. recovery. <laughs> D-load. One billion dollars. Right? Yeah, so... Sorry, that was a bad pop culture reference. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good, man. Um, we make it feel better again. Yeah. So Look, I've, I've done three days of that psychology course and a, and a uh, podcast last night. Podcast day. I'm fucking oh, done. Yeah, I'm done. My brain is like uh, scrambled eggs. Yeah, and I... I would be the same. Yeah. Um, so the lowering the parasympathetic nervous system, or raising, sorry. Wanting to yeah, raise yeah, so. Because they're two different systems, yeah, right? so I guess bringing down the sympathetic drive, like is it just a way, is it just identifying the stressor and just taking it away? Not really. So you look at, okay, so let's say, let's identify stressors, right? Yeah. Do you have kids? No. You planning on having them? Uh, not yet. You have kids? Same. Same. No. You mean I, I have a dog. And yes, I will. You will have kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So let's say let's say you have kids and little Timmy is five years old. And he's fucking getting on your last goddamn nerve. You're gonna be stressed out. Of course. Okay. So you have two options. Can't kill a kid. No? No. Okay, I wasn't gonna go with that fucking. <laughs> I had something else totally in mind, right? So I'm just trying to backpedal out of the fact yeah. that my girlfriend is saying to commit to kids, and I'm like, oh, mm. how do I get out of it? Hope nothing ever happens to your kids, and then they're like, remember that podcast about <laughs> my kids? And Timmy's five years old. Name your kid Luke, not Timmy. All right. So okay, so you got you got a choice, right? Do I get rid of the stress, or do I figure out? how to manage it, and how to change my perception of how bad the stress is. Perception is everything. Um, you look at little Timmy. I can either sell him to gypsies, or I can change my perception. I like that better than kill him. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can't sell him to gypsies. You could if you went to Europe, but it's frowned upon. You can't 
put them in a fucking dog kennel or CPS, Child Protective Service will you know, show up. So your only option in that case is to change your perception and your attitude towards that and then try to find, try to you know, breathe, box breathe, leave the situation, calm down, and carry forward. Yep. Now, if you have a piece of shit car that's constantly breaking down, could you get rid of that car? Okay, so that's the difference. One is managed stress management. One is getting rid of the stressor. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the kind of things you have to work through with your client. Yep. You have a client that hates their job. Okay, let me ask you something. Is it feasible? Do you have options available? Could you go to another job? Yeah. No. Okay, let's get you with a counselor or somebody who can work on this because this is not in my wheelhouse. We'll get you with a counselor who can then talk to you about this and maybe they'll change the way you feel about the job yeah. and then calm your shit. Yeah. If not, tell them to get fucked and go get a new job. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of your options. Yeah. It's interesting the the initial thought there is to manage the stress better. I think more commonly in the industry at the moment it's like let's build more coping mechanisms. Yeah. Or let's take like, more pills to cope with it. Well Ashwagandha yeah. and rhodiola yeah. let's give them fucking cordyceps, caterpillar butt fungus right. or whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's take fucking ten ten fucking quarter X before you go to bed. I love quarter X. But it's a band-aid over a bullet hole. You have to work with the lifestyle stuff. And you're right, that's like let's give you better coping mechanisms. Which is, is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, so, like, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Because I always look at things like grateful logs and to-do lists and that kind of stuff just to manage. Yeah. Like, let's, let's go over here and build that side of it, but maybe actually dealing with the stressor itself yeah. and the, the mechanisms around that. Um, I love the grateful log. If they'll do it. Yeah. Guided meditation. If they'll do it. Yeah. And the main, here's the thing. When you come to a muscle arts course, we make you do writing prompts, okay? And the reason we do it is because when you get a writing prompt that says, yeah, so a writing prompt, I tell you, listen, motherfuckers, for the next 10 minutes, you're going to write about this topic. Okay. And I got this from Dr. Ben House at a retreat I went to with his in Costa Rica. We started every day with a writing prompt, and it really got you fucking thinking. Yeah. And like one of the, the first writing prompt we give people is, what do you want to get out of this seminar? And what would you like to give out of yourself to the other attendees? Yeah. And it, that's like, holy, whoa, shit. Because most people are like, yeah, what do I want to get out? Yeah. No one ever goes, well, what do you want to give to everybody else? Stingy motherfucker. <laughs> right? So it gets you thinking differently. Yeah. And so we say, this is what I got from Ben House. Like, don't worry about what you're going to write. Just put the pen on the pad and start writing. Let the writing do the writing. Even if you're writing penis, vagina, penis, vagina, I don't give a fuck. Eventually go penis, vagina, penis. Today I want to give my penis to someone's vagina. That's okay. Get that. Just don't do it in the class. You know? But you start writing it and then all of a sudden you've written like five pages and you're like, wow. Yeah. The next day, what is your purpose? <whistles> Boom. That's a fantastic. Yeah. Now you start writing daily and you now you get your clients to it. Your client comes in, okay, we're gonna train. You train, last 10 minutes. Okay, I bought you a journal because you're investing in your client, so you're gonna buy him a nice little journal, you buy him a nice pen. So the week before you go, what's your favorite color? Orange. Okay. What's your favorite color? You better say red. Red, okay. So I go buy you an orange pen, I go buy you a red pen. What's your favorite, what's your favorite animal? Jason's got five. Um, 
So I go buy you one of those stupid fucking gay wolf things at fucking Big W, right? And then it's a little notebook with a wolf howling on the front of fucking full moon. That's cool. Here you go. What about yours? A dog. A dog. So I go get you a pit bull one, because pit bulls are awesome, and I give it that one. Now that for me getting roasted, man. So... And I, I get that for you, and I give it to you. Now I've, in, I've increased my level of service. I've increased my value add. Your client's like, holy shit, my, my like, it, it's a simple, it's fucking $3 you yeah. just spent yeah. on your $80 an hour, $100 an hour client, yeah. but it blows your client's mind because they're like, oh my God, he gave me a gift. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, I want you to write in this every day. We're going to practice after every time you train with me. And you're going to get in the habit. The first one, what do you want to get out of training? And what do you want to give to other people that you've learned from me? Yeah. Then the next time they train, okay, what's your purpose? What the fuck did you do? He was like this to me. Here's the mic job. Oh, mic job. I need a mic. So, uh, I had no idea what you're doing. I'm telling you, I turned and I see this and I'm like, you want to go fucking going for right now? He's going to flip this table. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like, you know, that it, you can see that there's a lot of shit going on. You're building trust and rapport. You're building service, value add. You're getting them to buy in on what you need them to do. Now you're going to make them do it in the workout, like, not during the workout while they're fucking squatting. Safety bar squatting or riding. You don't do it. They, they do their work, and then you sit down, and you do some box breathing with them. Maybe some guided meditation. If you don't know how to do that, you put the headphones on. You put some Spotify alpha waves. You put on heads. Headspace, fucking guided meditation. You get them to fucking calm down. Now, I want you to do this writing. I'm going to give you six minutes. You don't have to share this with me if you don't want to. This is for you, but I just want you to write. And you get them practicing that. They get used to it. You think about doing that 24 sessions with you. What do you think they're apt to do at home? Yeah. Yeah. So you just write out like 300 different. There's websites for it. And then you just give them a new one. And you make it the standard protocol for every single one of your clients. Fucking good, huh? Yeah. I actually just thought of that right now. <laughs> I just I just pulled that one right out of my ass. Yeah, that's actually really good. Yeah, I was like, that's definitely just a segment. I'm gonna write down that. I'm gonna do yeah. this in my clients. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but, it's awesome yeah. that happens when you just like mail something. Yeah, you just said it. Yeah. Like, but that's ex- experience. It, it's experience and dealing with people. Why not? Yeah. I used to. One of the things I used to do when I was a one-on-one coach is I would make people read books. And I would make them write me a report, or they didn't have to write it. They had to give me an oral report. So I say, okay, I need you to pick a book. It has to be something that teaches you a lesson. Yeah. It can be self-help, or it can be fiction that has a theme. Um, it can do all this. But then I want you to, in you know, how long does it take you to read this? Okay, four weeks. In four weeks, during a session, I want you to give me an oral book report on what you learned. Yeah. And they fucking loved it because they didn't want to disappoint me. And even though they didn't really read a lot, they became avid readers after that, and they carried it on yeah. forever. And then they did that with their kids and their partner, and it was like, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. It's fucking fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah. You're amazing. That beard's fucking amazing. Thank you. That's amazing. Oh, that's amazing. amazing. Okay, what's going on here? What's yeah, there's nothing going on here at all. <laughs> that's okay. You have nice hair. Thank you. You, you've got shit hair. I'm an equal opportunity I've got thinning hair, so <laughs> we're all fucked. Yeah. Did you have more um, sciencey stuff? 
Uh, I think like the only thing that I will come back to again was like, like, so you mentioned um, like, you know, production of ATV and like yep. how that happens. Um, we've kind of spoken about mitochondria a little bit. Spoken about like, like, so the stuff that people need to know, the stuff that trainers need to know. So it's like basic physiology is a must. You have to, so, because so it's like, you yeah. have to know when I give you this certain thing, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. And if you don't know that, then you can't predict what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 And periodization is all about a predictability model. Yeah. You know, going from A to B. Yeah. And it's, and then it's once you understand those things and, you know, uh, energy systems and the rest periods involved, it's going, yeah. <laughs> so your bedtime? He's hitting an SOS like, I'm still alive. We haven't left the floor. So if you don't stop the alarm, like fucking SWAT team. Guys repel down kick the windows kick that door down. So yeah, it's like once you understand like energy systems and you know maybe like you know those time frames and all of those things yeah. that um, I guess like the body is happening when we're influencing training and even when we're not influencing training, like that's a must for a PT after they enter with their pass. Yeah, I mean, look, you've got the basic stuff you need to know and you know how to exercise safely. And holy shit, trainers don't know how to fucking exercise. Yeah, I honest, honest to God, like I, uh, I didn't think that I would ever have to consider doing a course on how to squat, bench, and deadlift, how to fucking squat curl, and like Sebastian Orb does this, and you you watch him, he breaks his stuff down brilliantly, and I watched that, and I was like, like that's what he does, and I think that's fantastic. I don't think I need to do that personally for anybody. And then I'm watching all these fucking people that we coach, they're like, oh, my back hurts. My neck hurts. All right, send me a pic. Like, what happened? I squatted today. I got a video and I'm like, holy shit. That's how you squat? Yeah. Do you teach your clients how to squat like that? Yeah. Who the fuck taught you that? So-and-so It's so-and-so. And I'm like, don't do that anymore. Mm. Now I have to reteach them how to do it, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's got to be like, again, like Seb does it where he breaks everything. That's how you get to the bar. That's how you address the bar. This is how you drive through the floor. This is where you want your neck and your head. Yeah. Breaks down beautifully. Unfortunately, not enough people are going to him to learn that. And a lot of his stuff is specific to powerlifting. Yeah. Right? And he's the only person I can think of right now, unless you go to a specific coach. Like if you go to Aaron or if you go to Ben or you go to somebody like that where you're, you want to be a powerlifter and they're going to teach you that specific stuff. Yeah. But there's not, we need more coaches teaching more seminars on how to do it correctly. Yeah. But they have to learn how to do it correctly first. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the things we're working on right now is like maybe I get one of my guys like Isaac or I get Shane to start teaching like weekend fucking exercise courses because trainers don't know how to fucking break down the mechanics of an exercise. Yeah. Movement stuff's a big issue. Movement. Yeah. So that's saying like if I'm going to give you a squat, I need to know how to teach you how to squat correctly or it's pointless. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then you get to that exercise selection and in execution then you look at the sets and reps, time under tension, and the rest, and understand how those parameters alter energy systems and strength qualities and adaptations and things like that. Now, later, learning how that nutrition fits in, and then later, supplementation. Yeah. Right? But that's not what they do. It's the other way. Silly. They put fucking, I got a pill for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Let, me let me have a talk to you about nutrition. Yeah. Right? And they have no fucking idea, because... 
if both of those cases you really know need to know biochemistry and they don't, then it's like, then they write the program and then they think about teaching the exercise last. So they'll give somebody an exercise they don't even know how to fucking do correctly. Which just blows my fucking mind. This is the main thing that they're supposed to be really, really good at. Right. Personal trainers are yeah. qualified so to teach people how to fucking exercise. exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so far away from that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, you've got the colon cancer. Okay, let me go. I've got this, uh, I did this home study kit. I've got, let me get, go get my tube with my fucking camera. Yeah. Okay, bend over and cough, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, it's like, I just want to squat. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. So, yeah. how. How formal and how deep should a PT's biochem knowledge be? So, okay, how far should, how good should it be? What? Well, or what's like, acceptable? What's baseline? Ah, look, you know what? If you can understand first semester biochem, you're probably better off than 99.9% of the industry. If you can, if you can get on a whiteboard with a marker, and that's my gauge of if you know your shit. Whiteboard, marker, and you can draw it out, right? Okay, what glucose turns into this, goes here, turns into this, fires up this, this fires up this, okay? If this doesn't happen, what's it kicked out as? If this doesn't happen, what happens? They just need to know that, like glucose to ATP, free fatty acids to ATP, and you know, if you're selling keto OS or whatever, you're a charlatan, whatever, <laughs> you should probably know how ketones fuel the Krebs cycle too, yep. right? That is super fucking basic. Super easy to learn, especially if you go to a course like ours where we teach you really in a really simple way, and then we can make it more complex later. But you don't need to know like, oh, isocitrate dehydrogenase, and this is a hydrolysis, and this is that. You don't need to know all that transmutase and blah, blah, blah. You don't need to know that. You just need to know that it turns into this and this and this. This is what causes it. This is what inhibits it. And this is how you fix it. This is how you measure it. That's all you need to know, right? Free fatty acids, all that stuff. So if you just scratch the surface, you know, AMPK, mTOR, maybe CERT1, PGC1-alpha, ENOS, FOX, there's a few things you might want to know. You, you want to know this, the, uh, the verbiage so you can talk to people. Yeah. It's good to know the vocabulary because then you can talk to people. And the thing is, if you're talking to somebody with more knowledge than you, like somebody who is, you know, teaching other people, don't feel like an idiot asking this stuff, right? I can tell you right now, the people I learn from, I go to them and I'm like, holy shit, I fucking blow my scalp back, you know? Yeah. I'm not even close to that level. Yeah. That's my goal, like some people come to me and they're like, ah, oh, you're my goal. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like when you get to this level, yeah, you be your goal will be the guys I learn from and, yeah. and then my goal will be the guys they learn from. There's always some motherfucker that's smarter than you. Mm. But the thing is, when you go to educators, they should be, um, they shouldn't ever make you feel stupid. Yeah. It should be like, you ask me whatever the fuck you want. Okay. They're like, uh, you know, uh, glycogenolophenomena. And you're like, do you mean glycogenolysis? Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. No worries, man. Everybody fucks that word up. Yeah. It should always be positive and say, cool, you're making an effort to learn. I'm yeah. here to help you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so don't be embarrassed to just... Seek fucking advice and seek expertise because people will not, the true experts and the people that want to be educators will educate with no fucking judgment. Yeah. Mm. Right. yeah. But you have to seek it out. Number one, uh, number two, get rid of your fucking ego. Mm. Like I said, there's always somebody with a bigger dick than you or bigger tits or bigger ass or better vertical jump or you know, better squat. 
Just not better hair. Just not better hair, not with you. Maybe me. <laughs> I'll tell you. You just have more of it. <laughs> Mine's looking pretty good. Right? But like, get rid of your ego. You know, get over that as fast as possible. Yeah. The easiest way to do that, go get your ass choked out at Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You learn real quick to be humble as fuck. Yeah. Like zero to hundred, right? Don't stop learning. Keep working hard, right? Don't overextend yourself. Don't set your own self on fire to help other people. Now, I could go out, I've got a laundry list of things. Yeah. Most of it revolves around have empathy, learn empathy really quick if you weren't like innately born with that. Help as many people. If you help enough people get what you want out of life, you'll eventually get what you want, yeah. Yeah. right? So go out to help people. Money is a side effect of that. Don't focus on the fucking money. Just yeah. get really fucking undeniably good at what you do. Get so good, it's undeniable, and they can't say shit to you. Yeah. That's why nobody says shit to me. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a dick. I only call out people if they deserve it. I have no ego. I just don't. I don't just don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm getting a goddamn tattoo on Friday of Deadpool's body with Rick Sanchez's head on it, <laughs> an anti-hero across the bottom. <laughs> so obviously, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You know, just be a good person and do good things and help motherfuckers, and you'll be you'll be sweet. Awesome. So, so we maybe going to keep you forever. Since we've been seminaring and podcasting for like a week. I'm good. I just need some fucking air, man. Someone trying to, he's trying to air come You know how to use the electronics on the camera and shit. <laughs> it's an Asian thing, I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. See? Look at I told you. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to push okay. on. Yeah. It's funny because like, like, uh, in my seminars, I've always got a couple like Asian bros sitting here, and I've got some slides. I've got that meme, the damn son meme, where it's like this kid's uh, this kid's school picture. It says damn son, and then I've, I've used it so much it's getting old. So I found one that said the uh, fuck, and it was a Vietnamese guy, and I pulled it up in front of the like the head guy, a fucking Virgin Active, and he was like, oh shit! <laughs> Everybody started laughing, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> Totally racist. Get away with it because it's funny. That's yeah. <laughs> your racism. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, muscle nerds specifically. So what? Um, so I didn't even know about the like uh, mindset stuff that you were doing over the weekend. Yeah. The trauma and stuff. So what? Like, how many courses do you have? What are they? What are you offering? Uh, are we rolling? Yeah. yeah. Fuck all that shit I just said. Sorry. We'll cut that out. We'll cut that out. You don't have to. It's funny. Do an outtake. We're not cutting it out. <laughs> like, I was just gonna say that. To you. <laughs> the first thing you'll never listen anyway. Aaron, I'll tell you the first thing I say when I when I step out to start lecturing. If you're fucking politically correct or easily offended, you're in the wrong fucking room. I'm gonna say misogynistic shit, racist shit, and you know why? Because the more we say it and make fun of it, the less power it has over people. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Right? Yeah. It's just like this, man, in America, my black friends, they've taken the N-word and they've taken it for something like a horrendous meaning yeah. and they take fucking ownership of it and they're like, I'm going to take ownership of this word so you can't use it against me anymore. Yeah. Right? And that's fuck, That's what we got to do. Like, If you just keep pressing on like that, then you, you completely disarm it. Yeah, and that's really what we have to do. Yeah. So that's a really good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I actually screenshot the messages that you sent to me on the way. 
to the boys. Because we were kind of like, oh, I've never like yeah. gone on site for a yeah, podcast. Yeah, how's this going? How's this going? Aaron's organised it. I've never even met or spoken to this dude. We're just going to yeah. rock up at his place. And then I screenshot that, and Jace was like, I feel a bit better now. You're going to walk this yeah, that's I have no right. fucking pants on. What's <laughs> up, <laughs> so, boys? I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's only good fun. Like we stop being so fucking offended about shit, everybody be all right. Yeah, yeah, if you stop being offended and people try to offend you, you're like, okay, yeah, and then they're like, oh, shit. well, fuck. Yeah, I got nothing else, you know. But look, the things that we do, we've got uh, the foundations course, which is like a lot of nutritional biochemistry, mm-hmm. and it's basically like, okay, I got a plate of food, I eat the food, what happens to it? Yeah. Okay? Yep. How does it get? You know, in the in the portal circulation, how does it get into the cell? How does it get into the mitochondria? How does that get fucked up? What's the repercussions? It's a lot of biochemistry, but in a very easy to understand yeah. format. Um, a lot of digestion assimilation, so we do a whole gut module, and then we tie that into stress and the downstream things, and we also tie it into metabolic syndrome. It's a perfect. It's a perfect um, general population course if you want to know how the body's working while they're fucked up from a digestion assimilation and metabolic inflexibility issue and how stress drives all that. Then we've got the program design class, which is our big one. You go through it a few times. Um, it's a lot, a lot of the foundation is online, and then you get the course. But with the program design, it's the same thing, but you come through that one multiple times. Yep. Yep. So you do a three-day practical, another three-day practical, and then a two-day if you want to do it, more advanced stuff, and then you can come through it again. Yep. And we want to make sure you actually understand why you're writing protocols the way you're doing it. Yeah. And we don't even talk about sets, reps, uh, time and attention, or uh, rest until you've gone through it at least twice. Yeah. Like we talk, it's all exercise metabolism. Yeah. It's all like ATP, CP, yeah. you know, ATP, CP. What's the, um, who can tell me what the energy system is between creatine phosphate and once you go into the lactic glycolytic channel? We teach that. <laughs> Myokinase. Yeah. You got a lot of circulating ADP and you can't recycle things, you can turn that into an AMP and an ATP. That has consequences, right? Especially on your ability to make more energy. So you have to know that. No one talks about it, it's not taught. Right? We teach yeah. it. Super important. Yeah. So there's a lot of little detailed things in the energy systems that no one ever talks about because they talk about it in three big classifications. They break that down into power and capacity. And that's good, but then you have to realize there's a lot of shit going on in between those things, yeah. right? So we have that, and then we have a group call every week um, where we go over everything. It's 10 weeks long. Um, what else? And then we've got one that's not about the food, which is our trauma kind of um, kind of psychology course. Yeah. Psychology and self-sabotage, getting to the root of why people have fucked up shit going on. Yeah. And then how to recognize that, what you can and can't do as a trainer, because that's important. Yeah. You can't just say, hey, this is what's going on. You should counsel people. It's all about building a referral network and learning how to get them the help they need and also to be hearing like trigger things and hearing, seeing red flags, what you can and can't say to people. And then I talk about the what happens with psychology and how that drives stress and inflammation and yeah. screws up your cells just through things like not having a good social network, being socially isolated, addiction, yeah. lack of community, there's a lot of things that can, you know, positivity, positivity versus uh, negativity, yeah. and we, we show peer-reviewed research on how that drives your epigenetics and how that drives inflammation via the immune system and also chronic stress. Right? And we do, we're going to 
doing some, um, we do a lot of, you know, mentorships where people will come and they'll spend a night with me and Zoe and I cook, we cook, we all, we drink wine and get crunk, sit by the pool, we learn, we go train, yep. and we do a lot of crazy shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so what's so the, um, so that 10 week course, mm -hmm. the program design one, yeah. hourly, hours per week commitment sort of thing that you would be you know, it's pretty, going into something like that? It's pretty cruisy. Because what we do is like, it started as eight and we were like, yeah, we've got some more shit we want to teach. Now it's 10, yeah. soon it'll be 12, yeah. you know, and then we'll probably cap it off at 12 and then create other things from that. But, you know, it's really cruisy. I would say you probably want a couple hours a week yeah. plus the phone call. Yeah. Now you don't have to be on the phone call. I highly recommend it. There's a lot of penis jokes and vulgarity and, you know, butthole jokes and stuff like that. And then, and then some yeah. hashtag science, right? But Everything is recorded, yep. it's time stamped, and then like we've got probably 50 hours worth of calls over the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. So if there's something you want to learn, you look at it and you go, oh, they were talking about penises and buttholes, I don't really care about that. Oh, they're talking about metabolic flexibility here. I can go over to, you know, 15 minutes in and I can start listening there. Yep. So there's, I mean, there's legit like 50 hours worth of shit. Yeah, nice. Plus the videos and, and the in-person time. And yeah. all that, yeah. So that that meets the whole too, like something. And for mine, in terms of going on and getting further, more education and stuff, it's like you know, business surrounding your clients, to take yeah. care of your online clients. But for us, we've got training, we're mentoring, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. It's like, okay, how many hours can I put aside a week? What's the commitment? And then the biggest one, I think, is like how much of this junk that I've got to throw away. Yeah. So seeing stuff that's specifically designed for personal trainers. Because like you said, like no one's talking about biochemistry and that kind of stuff, that level within the fitness industry enough. Um, so then when, if you want to go find that shit, it's like, well, I've got to go do tertiary units or whatever. And yeah. there's all this shit in there that I'm never going to be able to use. Well, you know, the thing too is like, it's, it's, a weird, it's, it's weird. Like what I look for in the industry is where are the weird gaps I can fill, right? Yeah. So... Um, you either have people that are they're trying to talk chemistry and they have no idea what they're fucking talking about, yeah. or you have people like Ben Camp that says, fuck, <laughs> like, fucking to the moon and back, right? And, like, I would take his course. Like, yeah. now that he's done, okay. I, I'm, I'm halfway through it. I will probably take his course. I take yeah. everybody's course, and I think the guy's brilliant, yeah. but it is over the top, yeah. right? So what I do is I look at that ton of stuff and I say, okay, cool. Let's get in between like these guys who are too simple because they don't really know it, and these guys who are fucking brilliant like Ben. I'm gonna slide right here in the middle. That way they can do our stuff, and then when they look at Ben's stuff, it's gonna now make technical fucking sense. Yeah. Like they get this broad concept, and they go, "Okay, cool. Now I'm ready for Ben's methylation. Look at the methionine homocysteine cycle. I don't teach any of that stuff yet yeah. because I don't have people that are at a high enough level to for me to warrant saying, "Okay, you're ready." Right? I don't want to create that and then guys take it and go, I have no fucking clue what's going on. Because they already do that with our foundation stuff. Yeah. When they're really good at the basic, I'll write something like that. But in the meantime, when they're ready for it, they can go take Ben's stuff. So there are guys that like, we're doing it. Yeah. We're just, you just got to know how to pair certain people's stuff together. Yeah. yeah. So the foundation stuff, you can walk out of Cert 4 into that Yeah, course. you can get Cert 4. Come right into the foundations. We'll teach you what you need to know. Um, typically, we recommend you come through the foundations a few times. So there is a reset fee, but you get a lot of money off. You get the videos forever and ever. You get a forum. So if you have any questions, um, you get access to all of us 
myself, Zoe, Dell, Mars, Shane, I have the whole team. We've got some new people coming on soon too. You have access to everybody. If you come to the courses, you get discounts on training with us and other stuff if you want to do that. So, but um, yeah, and look, we, we run our stuff like a family, like we're building a community. Like yeah. CrossFit has their community, yeah. right? We want to build something like that yeah. with the education stuff. So you'll see the same people come to the courses and you'll see them actually like, people will start talking at the courses and the next thing you know, you'll see like, this dude, dude that you know will be in fucking London like yeah. staying with another muscle nerds coach. Yeah. So we're building this massive awesome. network. Yeah. And then of and of different specialists. Like if I have to train this thing, I don't know, okay, call that guy and they exchange information freely. Yeah. So it's like a real family, a real yeah. tribe. And that, that's so fucking important to us. Yeah. So how did you if you had to I guess kind of summarize from a point where you left the previous gig and went, all right, time to start muscle nerds. Yeah. What what do you think you put down your success to? Because like everyone I know mm. that's in the, the industry, in our industry, that's looking to personal development, get better, be a better coach, yeah. knows who his muscle nerds is. Like everyone kind of, it's a recognizable brand, it's, it's working. So how were you able to achieve that? It's okay, <laughs> it's the exact same principle I told you earlier. Get really fucking good. Yeah. What's that? Get really fucking good. good. Nope. If you, if you just keep learning and not accept second you being second rate, continue to learn and realize that there's always something to learn and there's always somebody else in the room smarter than you. And if that's not the case, then become the mentor in that room, but also occasionally go to this other room. Yeah. See, I don't, like, I don't like the saying, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, what about all this? somebody has to learn from you. Yeah. yeah. So you need to be the smartest motherfucker in that room but then, a couple of nights a week, you need to go over to this other room, have some cocktails over there, and be the dumbest motherfucker in that room, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's how you learn, and that's how you give back, right? So that's my saying. Now, the thing is, if you want to be good long-term, like it's, what I said earlier, help enough people do, get what they want out of life, and eventually you get what you want. Yeah. It's no mistake why I get all these opportunities, because I network like a motherfucker, and I treat the right person, right people, not right. I mean, I treat nice people really well. Yeah. If you're a turd, sure, I'm going to call you out. If you say junk science on, online, I'm going to fucking call you out. It's nothing personal. Stop saying dumb shit. Yeah. You know, if you're nice and you're doing the right thing, Luke Tolick, very good friend of mine. I got all the time in the world for that motherfucker, right? So, like, we're going to do stuff together yeah. eventually. We're talking about it. I helped. I did. Fucking. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would drive 13 hours down to Sydney to pick that motherfucker up if I had to. You know, it's treating people like that and actually giving a shit. The reason we started when it's not about the food, we care about people. We know yeah. people have problems and we they need help, so we want to do that. Keep helping people and don't worry about getting getting anything out of it. You will eventually get everything you want if you just focus on helping everyone you can, but don't let people take advantage of you either. That's prone to happen. Yeah. Right. And then on the side, keep studying. Yeah. Find out what your passion is, and study it until you fucking hate it. Yeah. Study it till you hate it. Back off. Find something else to obsess about for a while. And when you feel like going back to that stuff you hate, 
go back to it, and you do it again. Right? And that's how you get undeniably good. And focus on one thing. Don't focus on being the CrossFit of fucking education and, and, and CrossFit of fucking training, where you're, you're kind of okay at a lot of shit, but you're not really good at any one thing. Right? I like it. Awesome. I like it a lot. <laughs> Uh, this is nice. good, good advice to any wrap it up. Yeah. Um, so how do we find muscle nerds, yourself, all the Instagram handles, Facebooks? Emails. You can find muscle nerds at Facebook at muscle nerds. On Instagram, it's muscle nerds underscore health. If you go to the other one, we locked ourselves out of it a while ago, so we won't answer you. I, I'm I'm curious to see how many messages we get. Hey, I heard you on a podcast, and this motherfucker won't write me back. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 uh, you can get me at, at Luke Lehman on, uh, it's just Luke Lehman, L-E-A-M-A-N, on Instagram, also on Facebook. Um, info at musclenerds.net. That's a good place to get to, you know, Dale and Zoe. If you have any questions on what we do, any type of pricing, when the seminars are, if you want us to come out to your facility and train your team, we do that stuff too. Uh, what else? Uh, we YouTube. I don't know what the fuck's on there. My last video was me talking about the physics of cock push-ups and, and, and like how to, pro- <laughs> and how to program a kid if you have a little dick, you know, which I'm, I'm weirdest, very, I'm very well, uh, I know that very well, you know. A very, like, the weirdest thing is I had to process that in my head by visualizing how that would yeah, I mean you've got to look. <laughs> I mean we've got to look at mechanics. You've got to look at the lever arm, and you've got to look at the fulcrum. A lot of physics yeah, involved. There's a lot. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I think that's it. I don't know. You know, as good as that as anything. It's enough. There's enough place to get in touch with you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come just the YouTube cock push-ups. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. Come, come, come touch me. We'll do cock push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Brisbane. If you want to come to uh, Bris yeah. Bris Vegas, that's what you guys call it, Bris yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love fucking love Brisbane. Yeah, beats this fucking weather any day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this shit food weather, where I live. But we win with food. Definitely. You do win with food. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks again for having us, yeah. man. Really, really appreciate, really appreciate it. you guys yeah. coming yeah. out, especially much. coming yeah. out to, to do this in my home for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate you having us. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. All right. See you next yeah. time.